you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast has plenty of cap room to work with. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by Revealed with Heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. All right. Tuesday show. Long layoff. That that literally is the longest between shows we'll have all year, I would suspect. Solid five night, five yeah. days. Yeah, well, thank, thank you uh, to everyone that you know came back. Maybe we lost thousands of um, listeners. They unsubscribed. They said these guys, they don't bring the stuff on mm-hmm. the regular anymore. I'm moving on. Well, rightly so. Yeah. Well, thanks for and for the the people that are here th- for soldiering through it. I mean, I know it was a it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. But you know, now we're all back together. And uh, we're all wearing nice dress shirts because we were on, once again, the taping for Up to the Minute, uh, the NFL Network program that you could watch. Uh, we'll be on twice this week. So set your DVR. Set that DVR twice this week. Thursday and Friday. The shirt that I wore, I, at 6 a.m., just pulled out of a dryer and could not have been more wrinkled and thankfully just, you know, flattened itself out during the day. That's what you got to do with a wrinkled shirt. Just take it through the day. <laughs> By the way, Greg, you are really starting to cross over now. Uh, you actually showed up on the scroll <laughs> over at the mothership in Bristol, ESPN, uh, off one of one of your writings at NFL.com. They do refer to you, though, in the scroll on this program. It wasn't a scroll. Yeah, like the, the bottom the graphic, third. The yeah. graphic. He, he yeah. wants to clarify. Yeah, to clarify. He, he You referred to as NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal, and I'm sure – uh, that was a hit to both your ego and a, a contract violation had it happened at NFL. No. Hey, we're not the NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. I have this. Sydney was like, someone sent this in. Uh, I don't understand really what they're, what they're saying. Uh, should we use it? I said, absolutely. I, love it. I have no idea what they're saying either, but. I heard Greg G- 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 Rosenthal in there, <laughs> and uh, uh, green light. And everybody, send in your submissions for NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. 
Yeah, I mean, I I consider not even showing up for this podcast today because once you know Stephen A. Smith uses uh, <laughs> your column as a jumping off point for meaningless debate, somehow more meaningless than my dart throwing, which was uh, <laughs> that column, you know, picking fits for the right team. Yeah, you know, there's nowhere to go in the day. There's nowhere to go in your career, but no, down. You did it, Greg. I think it, it <laughs> comes as no surprise that that the mothership would pick that article of all articles <laughs> as a jumping off point. That, that's just fitting. Uh, I should say that uh, yes, that it. drop came from Jamie Andrew in Glasgow. Hit him up at at the underscore magic torch if you want to, you know, magic figure out what, what he's saying in those last three words. <laughs> We'd all go. love to know. So you got a plug out of it, and you got on the podcast, Jamie, flying high. Not higher than Greg, though. Dan, well, I'm, I'm not really flying high. Uh, you're, you seem almost resentful about the amount of love Jamie's getting right now. Like, uh, like he's a threat. I wouldn't say that. I, I was the one that, that requested people <laughs> send in submissions, so this is totally wrong. You did the legwork to get it on the show. Yeah, and now Greg is trying to turn it into some type of narrative. <laughs> Can't let it happen. Uh, behind the glass today, by the way, b- b- besides the great first lady, is Kevin Danger, Hansis, brother of the old Zeuser, in, in California for the week. He's done uh, heroic work. Uh, we have um, eaten omelets together. We we drank uh, a lot of tequila, mm. and um, this morning, as, as recently as this morning, we're listening to a lot of Madonna deep cuts, and drinking more. So the br- brothers alcohol. do. You do some weird stuff. You just go down different roads. Playing laser tag with the children. Played some laser tag over the weekend with the kids in the backyard of Hansis Manor. I knew you guys were up to something when I was getting late night screen grabs of various songs you were listening to with no context or messaging. Just the <laughs> shot of the song is that I. He and Danger are, they're up to no good. I like it. Lying high. So Kevin Danger behind the glass. All right, today's show, good one. Sponsored, of course, uh, by Mr. Flame and his economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. A lot of news to get to, including um, some rough news uh, from uh, New York Jets land as I continue to make that charge toward Mark Sessler's corner as most tortured fans. You aren't even of within 10,000 miles. That is I, in, of all the narratives... This this has not been thought out well by you, Dan. This plan of attack against Mark's corner. Well, sometimes even if you know you're going to lose the war, it's just fun to get into a few battles. Well, it, this one is beyond <laughs> absurd. Is, well, the, ill-advised. The, 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 it depends how you define, the, define oh, no, it. Oh, no, here we go. Because if you were defining it, which, which roster would you rather have? Chris Wessling, which roster would you rather have? I am on Mark's side on this. I refuse to entertain this notion that Dan is suffering more than Mark uh, in his fandom. Yeah, I mean, Greg. Well, let's talk about it when Jimmy Garoppolo and then we'll talk. Josh Gordon I would take the prior would, are the most we'll explosive West, triplets in the league. Wes, like a true politician, didn't answer the question because he knows he would take the Browns. I, yeah, but I, it's, it's not about the what's happening this instant. Well, it's about, about the journey of what's happened. Don't even come Again, at me with anyone. I'm looking down the road when you have a quarterback and a 9-1 season and I'm sitting on 2-14 and 14 with Bryce Petty and Christian Howard. I would gladly hand Christian you the corner real estate. is real. I don't want to be on the corner. Well, yeah, you I think just, I want to be on the corner? I don't know. I don't it know. sounds like you want something. Uh, <laughs> so narrative street corner. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk some news, including yes, a prominent New York Jet uh, having trouble with the law. Uh, we will also, Greg, you were referring to the column that you wrote uh, connecting players uh, to teams and free agency. So we're going to go around the horn and all 
pick one player and one team and recklessly, recklessly comment and speculate on why that could be a good match and free agency, which is coming up, Greg. When is free agency? March 9th is uh, when the new league year starts, but they can start tampering a little bit uh, the two days before that. There you go. And we can talk a little Tony Romo, which we, you know, Everybody loves to talk Romo to, to kill time uh, on, the, on the major networks during this time of year. But we are going to do it uh, today, but in a nuanced, smart way. No pie-in-the-sky analysis. Uh, we're not looking uh, for the cheap clicks, if you will. This is really where Tony Romo will end up. Uh, what, what makes sense? Wes. I mixed a cupcake and a brownie. I'm calling it a crownie. Mm. I think the listeners will be the judge of whether it's smart and nuanced. Okay. Thank you, by the way, for the... Uh... The cupcakes at Hansus Manor. Wes and I were were there on our our birthday. That's a shout shared out. birthday, yeah. I'll shout out to the women of the house. Uh, get the credit <laughs> for that because they found out it was both of your birthdays and nothing had been prepared. And they're like, well, you can't do that. So you got cupcakes. And away we go. Wow. I'm, it was delicious. This is totally how I figured it went. I did not think that Dan decided to whip up some cupcakes for, for <laughs> Greg and I. I thought, okay, Emily heard that it was our birthday. And because she's a nice... She's a nice woman. She said, let's get these guys a little attention on their birthday. I like the fact that you have multiple women at your house. As far as I knew, you had two <laughs> sons and a wife. So this is news to everyone in the room. Uh, all right. So that is today. Well, yeah, we'll just leave that there. That is uh, what's going on today. And before we get going, we got to say hi. Uh, yes, officially say hello to the first lady of the Around the NFL podcast. New money. Hey, guys, I got a new theme song. So we wanted to use When You Wish Upon a Star, which is an iconic Disney mm. song. But the uh, SLFs, Shadowy League figures, uh, don't let us use any music that is copyright now. There's no wiggle room. So, Sydney, what did you do? How did you, how did you uh, improvise here? So this is actually a song from a Russian ballet, which they use in the movie and wrote lyrics to these to this song, which is now public domain. What movie? Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Nice workaround. Yeah. Right. It's all public domain. It's in our music library, so. Deal with it, shadowy there league it figures. Is. They're it's trying to take song, the music too. away from the show, and that's that. you cannot do that forever. All right. Sid, let's do some news. Now, didn't we – that was the one that Greg privately prepared with you, and it sounded like a car crash. The one – didn't we want to have the one that sounded like an actual jet crashing? Oh, does that exist? I thought it did. I mean, it would, Doesn't that sound – From funny? a vehicle angle, that would make more sense. Unless the jet landed safely and then got into a car accident. That's I remember that being the drop, the one that Sydney just played, and then you having the same criticism last time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who knows what's happening? We're just repeating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll start, of course, with uh, the New York Jets and cornerback Darrell Revis, one of the most decorated, greatest players in franchise history. He's coming off a terrible season, and now he has his low point off the field uh, in his NFL career. Uh, Revis, 31, turned himself into authorities on Friday, a day after he was charged with four felonies and a misdemeanor, not own, stemming from his alleged involvement in a physical altercation in Pittsburgh on February 12th. Uh, this is, if you're following this case along, it's a little bit of a strange case because apparently he was approached outside a bar late at night uh, by someone who was was uh, you know using their camera phone to get some video. 
Revis Antonio uh, Brown. <laughs> Revis allegedly threw the phone, and then uh, at some point it turned into a scuffle with Revis and maybe someone else, and two guys ending up out cold, knocked out. Lights out. It's like Wes outside Huckapoo's in 2007. Lights out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, and of course, so the police have, only Revis has been charged, uh, but of course his si- side is saying he had nothing to do with knocking these two gentlemen out. But it, it complicates the situation here for the Jets, who are already uh, in a place where they weren't sure if they wanted to bring Revis back, uh, if they they can cut him and eat a six million dollar cap charge uh, this year, uh, or rework his contract, uh, which is way, way, way bloated compared to now his ability as a player. But now to me, Greg Rosenthal, it feels like if the Jets were kind of, you know, hanging on on which way to go, this might be, you know, it's time to a clean break from Mr. Revis, and we might even save $6 million out of it, and that's the next part of the story. It's a sad way for Revis's career with the Jets to end, but I think it was ending anyways. Even though that they have to pay him guaranteed money, they can save – uh, seven plus million dollars in cap room by cutting him. So I, I don't think he had virtually any chance to return to the team, anyways. If anything, this makes it more complicated. That you know the court date's not till March fifteenth, but I don't think they need to worry about it. I do expect him to be an ex-Jet sooner than later. If you would have told me or any other Jets fan, let's say five years ago, that in five years Drell Rivas will win a Super Bowl, but it will be with the Patriots. And he will be arrested on multiple felony charges charges. And he's never had any trouble with the law uh, in his time with the Jets. So you you never kind of would connect him to something like this. And again, we don't know if he actually had a real role in this or he just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. We don't know. But the fact that those two things have happened and it is it's like a classic Jets thing. They brought him back and they and they paid uh, they paid out the nose to do it. And it's been nothing but aggravation for the most part. And I believe they should get out now because Wes ultimately the Jets are in a rebuild. So even if you restructured his salary and made him a safety and all that stuff, the Jets aren't going to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. And he's at an age now where he'll be out of football most likely within a couple of years. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't think – I agree with you totally. I don't think there's anything about Revis and the Jets that makes sense as a team right now. He was scapegoated last year. Well, he – he played poorly enough that a lot of the problems got blamed on him, but the Jets have the least amount of salary cap room in the NFL right now. It's a mess. They are a, in full-blown rebuild, and to, to jettison a guy like Revis makes a lot of sense. Well, and also, I don't know if he was scapegoated, and I wouldn't say that entirely because the way that he conducted himself in terms of his comments to the press was exactly the opposite of what the Jets were hoping to bring back in the whole aura era. The whole idea of Revis crumbled, I think, last season. You've got to to cut ties with this guy. The past year has been completely out of character with who he was from 2007 until he left for the first time in 2012. And even last year when he had a a decent to good season but maybe a little disappointing. Uh, But, but yeah, he didn't handle himself well with the press. He didn't play well. And now this happens. I mean, it's just hard to make sense of. Well, you're one of the greatest players of your era and your play declines and you're in the spotlight of New York. You might not react to it too well. You know, at this this signing never made sense to me other than for sentimental reasons. And I, you know, you called me probably a Stinky Davis at the time of the signing for saying that because cause you were big on it. Jets fans are big on it. Bring them back. We're getting them back from the Patriots. And, and when this happens and you make moves where you pay a guy quarterback money 
at 29 years old for sentimental reasons. You're hoping maybe we get one or two good years. They ended up getting one. They got a second disaster year, and now they're going to eat money for it. Here, here's the one, my one counter to that. It did not work out. But at one point last year, they were 10-5, and five, and they had beaten the right. Patriots so the that's, week before. But that's not the goal. And the goal no, is no, no, to wait, not be like a lousy 10-6 team. They were, they were one of the hottest teams in the league with Revis on the team. They were going for – they were trying to rebuild and, and make a push at the same time, which didn't work out. But they were in position with Revis to make a run potentially, and then it, it crumbled. But well, they, now you're now you're a team where the coach and the GM are one of the off-season candidates to be out of there by week eight if things don't go very well. So they have to handle this situation in a pristine manner from here on out. Yes. Does Revis need one or two more years to make the Hall of Fame, or do you think he's already oh, in? No, not I at think. the level he's playing right now. I'm surprised. I think he already punched his ticket. Oh, uh, I think he's yeah, in. Yeah, years ago. I, sure. I think he's in. You know, I, I have given up on predicting how Hall of Fame voters will vote, but he was the best – Defense. I, I think probably the best cornerback I've seen outside. Wouldn't Deion, it be better, Deion to, Sanders, in his prime? Wouldn't it be better to get out now if if you really in your if he believes that his play is declined, which he he mentioned in so many words to some degree last year, then to have two more fading seasons. You forget about that stuff. Four, like four first team All Pros. That's more than this entire class. Uh, of Hall of Famers this recent one had, except for Kenny Easley. And he'll all, go in. And all his he'll colleagues go. view go him in. as the best of his sure. generation. So I think that, like, Deion Sanders was 37 years old with the Ravens, uh, and nobody thinks about that. You think about the Glorious. Let's move on. The Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and Miami Dolphins doing business together uh, uh, on uh, this week. First, uh, Julius Thomas, the tight end. The Jags signed to a huge deal uh, two years ago. It did not work out at all, so they move um, Thomas to the Dolphins in exchange for a seventh-round pick. Uh, someone will have to make, sen- make sense of this to me because it was confusing to me. And in a separate deal, the Dolphins uh, – or excuse me, the Jag- Jaguars send Brandon Albert, another big free agent sign- signing from a couple years ago who hasn't quite worked out um, – Excuse me, the Dolphins send Brandon Albert, another free agent uh, signing that hasn't quite worked out, to the Jaguars in exchange for a seventh-round pick. Let's start there, Wes. Why didn't they just make this a single trade? Why are they making it complicated for the old Zeuser? I, I'm guessing just because of contracts and what, what would have to work on that level, but I don't know why they did that to you, Dan. <laughs> what, are, what are our thoughts about this trade, Mark? Julius Thomas, to me, uh, looked nothing like – Physically, looked nothing like the guy that that was dominant in Denver for a couple of years. He looks old, he looks slow and old, which uh, doesn't translate to me to being a, a game changer. But maybe uh, he turns back the clock a little bit. Uh, when, in Miami. He, when he signed with the Jaguars for a lot of money, he definitely was on our radar in those old shows about picking potentially perilous free agent deals. And he was on, he, for the money and for what he was coming out of that offense in Denver to go to Jacksonville with what the lack of they had there. It didn't. It was a disaster. But I I like the idea of pairing him again with Adam Gase. Adam Gase knows a what kind of practice player he was under Adam Gase in Denver and what his potential is and how he can be used in Adam Gase's offense. So I like the landing spot there better than him signing with some other team with a team that has no idea what he'd be like in the building. So it's a chance to revive your career. I don't think we know who he is right now. When he got to Jacksonville. The beat writers spent that whole offseason and summer before he ruptured a tendon in his finger saying he was the best player on the field in all their practices. And then he came back from the hand injury in October, and he had no chemistry with Blake Bortles whatsoever, and he looked overweight. 
So that ruined his first year in Jacksonville. His second year, he has multiple injuries and ends with a fractured tailbone and is even worse in that year. So it's all it's been injuries and no chemistry but, with Blake But Bortles. durability is a skill. That's the reason why some people were worried about him as a free agent. He wasn't very good in his last year in Denver, which he was also hurt uh, for. So he hasn't really been healthy much for also, his whole career. He's never played more than 14 games. That was his one breakout year. He played 14. That was 2013 when the Broncos broke all those records. And the two years before that, he missed due to ankle injuries too. That said, for one year, and I would say this is true on both sides of the deal – you're not paying the signing bonus. You're not paying tons of guaranteed money. Why not? Like yeah. Brandon Albert, you know, I would not group him with Julius Thomas as a bad free agent signing. He was a great free agent signing. He gave two years of top-level left tackle play, or at least one year, uh, and then an okay year. And then last year he was hurt. He played through an injury. wasn't great. They have to pay him $8 million. You know, so what? They got $60 million in cap room. They don't have to pay him they're, anything. It's, wor- it's worth a shot. They they're need flipping it. like low, low-level draft picks. You look at who's picked in the seventh round in the NFL draft. I would take a chance on Julius Thomas in Adam Gase's scheme over whatever you're going to get in the seventh round. But it is a reminder that the Miami is in this cycle. Like, who, who is Julius Thomas replacing? Jordan, well, Jordan Cameron, who right. was another, let's take a shot on a guy the other team doesn't really want in the middle of his career for different reasons, you know, but just taking a gamble on a free agent. That one didn't pan out. Let's replace him with another. Yeah. Some other Dolphins uh, news to hit. News from both teams, actually. The Dolphins signed Cameron Wake to a two-year contract. Uh, so Wake, who came to the NFL uh, later in his career, is getting another contract now uh, because he continues to play at a really high level. He had 11 and a half sacks in the 2016 season and has 81 and a half in his eight-year career. And I could tell you, let me use a little math, it's just over 10 sacks per season well on average. Done. Well done. And How do you like that? Cameron Wake, it's amazing what he did coming off of a ruptured Achilles. He was phenomenal last year playing as well as ever. I, I, he he's astounding that he that age hasn't mowed him down yet. Well, this was you know, and we talk. We're going to talk about it on our hit on up to the minute on Thursday about the Dolphins spending. That you know, one of the reports this week, Ian Rapport said, you know, get ready for them to spend a lot. This was the deal that told me, okay, they're clearing the decks because this is an accounting move. This is just pushing money into the future to lower Cameron Wake's number, give him a little extra guarantee in 2018, reward him, and like, hey, let's clear some money so we can go spend it again. With all, Cannonbaum time. They did it last year, too. He got an extension last year. With all due respect to Rap Sheet, it would be news if the Dolphins were not preparing to make a big <laughs> right. splash in free right. agency. Uh, uh, speaking of clearing the decks and also age mowing people down, the Dolphins are saying goodbye to Mario Williams on Thursday uh, that uh, the team released the veteran defensive end on Thursday, also parting ways with defensive tackle Earl Mitchell. Uh, the, the the release of Williams, not a big surprise. 32 years old, just a sack and a half last year. Not far from the guy he was in his Texans in Buffalo heyday. And one last note, the Jaguars also in uh, offseason remake mode. They cut ties with defensive lineman Jared Audrick who signed a five-year, $42.5 million contract with Jacksonville in 2015. So uh, the 29-year-old uh, will go elsewhere. Jacksonville says goodbye to Jared. Mario and Revis, Mario Williams and Revis will have to decide, do they want to keep playing football for like a 700% pay decrease or whatever the number is, you know, 400%? Because that's what they're going to have to do. They might just decide, nah. Well, I we like know it. that Mario Williams is 100% plugged in. <laughs> I don't know if you 
are familiar with Jared Odrick's Instagram account, but no, he did not look too disturbed when he received <laughs> the news of his release. He had a yeah, he had an Instagram of him essentially celebrating on the beach. He he had the phone. He was pointing at it with a smile, and he's in like a bathing suit on some exotic beach in the middle of the Pacific. Was that Island. kind of like I'm a happy guy? This isn't gonna bother me, or like I'm happy to get out of Jacksonville. I, I think know. it was more like uh, I've got no care in the world. Football season's okay. over. Yeah. We'll address this. Well, I've made millions in guaranteed money Mark, already. Th- is that how you anticipate your NFL media career ending? An Instagram photo, you on the beach, a hard body from the Tom Brady diet, and pointing to your uh, Instagram. I mean, in this case, they would they would call they wouldn't call me. <laughs> they wouldn't even do the courtesy of that. Uh, <laughs> could have gotten if it wasn't so rainy this weekend. Could have gotten some hot. You know, Sessler bod pics with your family. Well, unlike Greg's uh, the, Facebook page from a couple years ago, I don't post shirtless photos of myself on Facebook. <laughs> well, I what a call I have it. I have never posted a <laughs> Well, they got photo. out there somehow. What, uh, Greg got banged on social media a couple years back. I believe it was your father-in-law posted uh, beach shots of you, like paparazzi-like beach shots. Once I was made aware of it, I immediately <laughs> deleted them. Well, that's my point. I, 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 stay, I pre-position myself for that not to happen. Uh, Let's move to the Bay Area where Kyle Shanahan, of course, uh, now the head coach of the 49ers. And he, you know, there's been a lot of people tying Kirk Cousins. Of course, their work together um, in D.C. that perhaps uh, that this would be a perfect match uh, if if the Niners wanted to make a hard run if Cousins became available. But that's kind of pie in the sky stuff. And Kyle Shanahan uh, confirmed that in a uh, interview with uh, CSN Bay Area. Uh, you're not trying to commit everything to one year, Shanahan explained. Yes, you want to win right away. That's the goal of everybody. But you don't want to do that at the expense of hurting your future. You don't want to gamble. You want to be aggressive in everything, but you got to do what's right. You have to build your team the right way, and that's what I mean by being patient. Chris Wessling, you wrote the piece on Around the NFL. He's got the big, juicy contract. Uh, he has the ability to stay patient, right? Well, I think he understands they're not a veteran quarterback away from contending. This is one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And like you said, he's got six years. That's a wide berth to institute a rebuilding project. And we've seen NFL insiders have been circling Kirk Cousins like sharks with chum being thrown from the boat, (laughs) waiting for something to happen with this guy. And maybe – Just filling airtime. Kirk Cousins has – he's not going to sign – He's not going to negotiate his long-term deal until after they place the franchise tag on him. That's what he's come out and said. So he's going to get $44 million over two years, $43 million over two years. There's only 23 players in the history of the NFL who've ever made $100 million in a career. Kirk Cousins has a chance to be part of that group. Oh, it's going to happen, barring an injury, because he'll make what that money this year. He'll get it next year, whether it's from San Francisco or, or someone else. Kyle Shanahan, I you know I think the 49ers are one of the prime teams though, and I'm not breaking any news here to watch out for for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you don't break news. I break I, the news. I thought you were gonna say to watch out for Kirk Cousins in 2018. Maybe. Wait, I didn't even call for this, but it happened. Holy hell! <laughs> yeah, that that drop's worth it just to watch Mark's face as it's on. Genuine, Mark, listen. Genuine discomfort. I, I hit a home run at the Super Bowl, got that big scoop. You can do it, too. You're, here's all I'd say. Is that there. if you're calling yourself some sort of Woodward and Bernstein, they, those guys went 
piece by piece with the case until it ultimately was cracked. This 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 Whoa. this jersey case has gone on and on, and now you it's going served. down new avenues. You got to keep breaking the news. Are you you, you got to keep breaking. I it am to be following a the story closely. If you're reading the end around, I'm all over it. Now, am I going to continue to break every avenue? This I month? mean, if we're going to continue to play that, that would be appropriate. <laughs> I, I have breaking news coming. It's coming. Okay. I promised it I would, last that's, week. I think that you would owe the you would coming. owe the the podcast listeners more breaking news to continue with that sound drop. I have a feeling that drop's going to hang around just because of how much it angers you. Well, it's it's. <laughs> I just think that there's a juxtaposition in logic in in playing sure, it. Sure, sure. When you know, at this point, we're three weeks removed from that news being broken. Well, good for you. <laughs> that's what we're heading toward. I think with this drop. I am more annoyed a little bit with this. With, there is all this patience around Kyle Shanahan all of a sudden, and it's like this. This is really nice, but this, this, hun- this, this, honeymoon, this honeymoon is going to come crashing to an end. I feel like, in a way, wow. Now I'm not saying it's no. I'm not, I'm not saying he won't be successful, but I can think of a team a year ago that was saying we might get a quarterback, we might not. They're a terrible team, and we might pass on a quarterback at number two and treat it completely differently. I mean, I understand that Kyle Shanahan is the bell of the ball right now. Can you give him a chance? Wait, what do you mean treated I'm differently? Ha- the Browns could I'm not have been him. more po- more positively reviewed. I, I just think or- he's sort of saying everything. You want to be aggressive. You don't want to commit. You want to commit. It's like, we get it, Kyle Shanahan. It's Can like, you- what you're saying a little bit is, I don't know if we're going to get our quarterback, sure. and I have to PR that angle because that might be what happens. Yeah. We might not get... Cousins, we might not get Jimmy Garoppolo. We might not want to draft in one at number two, and we might go into the season with nothing at quarterback. Everyone, be prepared for that. Yeah, right. The difference is Kyle Shanahan has yet to even get a chance at free agency or the draft. The Browns went through the draft and decided they didn't want Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a big difference. I just Kyle think, Shanahan isn't like, even a I, chance to do before that. Before we just crown <laughs> Kyle Shanahan with everything in the NFL, I want to just see it happen. I think Niners fans want to see it happen too. I think Mark's fired up about ATN Media Insider and Kyle Shanahan just got the blowtorch because of it. <laughs> that might be true, but I believe what I just said. I do think that is that is a media group up there. Like the, the reporters in San Francisco are exhausted with what that team has done. This is a nice fresh start, but the honeymoon's not going to last long if they're suddenly one and nine and they're telling us about how patience and pay, it doesn't work in any city. Mm. That was a that could be another role for you, uh, Sessler Take Insider Dan Hansis. He he breaks through and tells you what was really <laughs> going on. All right. Behind the what was really going on is what I said. <laughs> if I can't break more news, I'll, I'll have to transition into Sessler taking some. Yeah, all right. Uh, finally. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Trope alert. Yes. It's that time of year, folks. We're starting to head into the point of the NFL calendar uh, where everything is hunky-dory at all 32 teams, nothing possibly could go wrong, and everything and every move that was made is working like gangbusters. Moves like the decision by Jim Irsay uh, to hire uh, Chris Ballard as the team's GM to replace uh, the late, well, he's, I mean, he didn't die. Yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> Ryan Grigson. That would be breaking news. Yeah, the former GM of the Colts, Ryan Grigson. And a big problem, of course, in the dynamic between Grigson and... Uh, and Pagano was that they didn't get along, and that was very public fodder. It was a soap opera. But Ursay tweeted on Sunday that GM Chris Ballard and Chuck Pagano are, quote, clicking on all cylinders. Every cylinder. Triple click. Triple click. 
click. And when you're clicking on all cylinders, Mark, I don't know if you know about cars. I'm kind of a big time car guy. I get under that hood and I, you know, plug those spark plugs and then I twist the engine nugs and I yeah, use the wrench. What's an engine nugget? To use the wrench to make the motor faster. And uh, when those cylinders are all going together, sure. Top performance. I mean, I I think I'm probably three or four in car guy category in this room. I'd put we not a lot of common four. men. We don't have a car guy in this room. When it comes to the car guys. a car guy. So we're gonna, also yeah. we're missing a car guy in this room. I mean, but are we? We're mi- no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're also missing a uh, directional guy. Our, oh, we are the worst if, with direction. If we go to a league event and we have to navigate in a city. When Greg is the one leading the way, which means that, that there's at I, least two wrong turns, and that's not a shot at you. You're the best of the group. You're the best. And, I just uh, don't mind we never being wrong every time. Patra, I just, I'll just be like, all right, I'll be the one. Patra showed some actual promise in the. Oh, Patra, that could that could work. Let's make sure we get Patra at every league event going <laughs> forward, uh, just to make sure we can get from point A to point B. Anyway, so yeah. Everything is going beautifully in Indianapolis, and the uh, the owner of the Colts wants you to know that. All right, that's what's happening in the news. That's the first of West. That's the first of many tropes to come. You know that. It's a trope filled off season. Um, all right, so Mark will be writing an article on each one of those. Tropes. Oh no, I will not. <laughs> Greg uh, gained great fame earlier today with uh, a piece he wrote on NFL.com about uh, free agency, and I, I like the way you put it in your headline, Greg. A fun player edition. Yeah, you're like this. Is just the right amount of looseness for for my column yeah. here. Hey, don't take me too seriously here, guys. We're just having hey, fun. Hey, there's an extra week now before uh, the combine. We gotta we gotta write some stuff. Let's have a little fun. Play matchmaker. It's just frolicking in the park. I was having a little fun here. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one that gets nationally broadcast. <laughs> All the like the hard work, research, post driven post you've written in the past five years here at NFL Media. That's the one that goes national. Go figure. I'm not going to complain, you know, when <laughs> I know I learned a lot of people watch first take. That was a oh surprise. Or at least have it on with the sound off. Yeah. Block them. Yeah, Block those people from your life. That's, that's true. Cool. All right. So let's go around the room here. Uh, Greg wrote a whole bunch of them, and you could check out on NFL.com. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be sharing one of them that are on the list uh, that is on the list. Uh, so why don't we start with you, Greg? Mix okay. Things up a little bit. Uh, if you would uh, care to share a, a fun player edition uh, from either the AFC or the NFC, anything that makes your uh, you know, your engine nugs really rotate. Well, I was trying to think of the right That's car talk. An engine nugget. Go ahead. I was yeah. trying to think of the right spot for Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, I tried to assign out you know, yep. most of these uh, big-name free agents. Who really needs a pass? Every, everyone needs a pass rusher. There's no pass rushers available. But there was one coach uh, recently saying a pass rusher is a must this uh, offseason. Mm. Sean Payton. There is one coach in GM who now feel a little uncomfortable because the 7-9 and nine bull crown yeah. has gone from Los Angeles, and it's in New Orleans. 7-9 and nine, three straight years. Isn't it weird that, that, that um, I already forgot his name, Jeff Fisher <laughs> – uh, was the guy that got destroyed for that. And, and you know, after the hard knocks thing, uh, it made sense. But it was truly Sean Payton who should be the guy that gets that 7-9 and nine BS tag. Three straight years. This, is a, this feels really like a do or die. They have to win. And this is a team that is not afraid to act a little desperate in free agency any season. I mean, they're the ones who signed Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. 
They'll, they'll bring in guys. They've had a lot of misfires over the last few years. This year, they actually have some cap room for once. They got $30 million in cap room. They need the defensive end. And you could just see them spending a little too much. But Pierre Paul's a good player. I wouldn't knock him for it. They really need it badly. Also, I like the, I like the name Pierre Paul. This is where the fun comes in. The name Pierre Paul in New Orleans, it just sort of works. Now that is great mm. fun. It works. Can they possibly fun. pull it off when their general manager spends 92% of his time running the Pelicans? <laughs> <laughs> they ought to melt. I do like that angle you got. Huh? You've been pushing that for multiple years. Well, it's, years. A, it's obnoxious. And maybe it does play a role in the fact that they can't get Well, better. put your time in half. But We're here, an NBA team and an NFL team. See so how that goes for you. You know, he just they just brought in Boogie Cousins to the Pelicans. That was a actually. NBA knowledge for Mickey Loomis. Now you get Jason Pierre. NBA media insider Greg Rose. NBA NFL media insider Greg Rosenthal. The, that was a complete uh, uh, steal by the Pelicans to get Cousins from Sacramento, uh, Mark. So maybe, well, that's maybe probably when Loomis done. was focusing on the Saints. <laughs> they ought to melt that one Lombardi trophy they have, uh, fashion it into a shopping you. cart, and kick it back and forth between them and the Miami Dolphins to decide who wins the offseason championship oh. every year. Oh. Because wow. neither of them are competing with the way they approach free agency. Jarris Bird is hurt right now. Wow. It's just just cruel. Saints, you know, don't feel bad, too bad for them. Saints fans are enjoying this Falcons loss like their team won the Super Bowl. Hmm. It's I think that says something about your fan base when you get all your pleasure from the pain of another franchise. It shows you're vindictive, and it's a, and it's a great rivalry. I've always said so. Hmm. Um, I will uh, now uh, throw a player out there. And actually, Greg, I did not see this before making this connection. Nice. But you and I are on the same page with Eddie Lacy. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Now, I know the Packers parted ways with James Starks, and it, it potentially clears the path uh, for a reunion in Green Bay with Eddie Lacy. Uh, but he's also, because of his uh, injuries and some of the conditioning issues, and uh, his value is a little depressed right now. So I don't think you need to, like, go crazy. You could overpay him a little bit without breaking the bank and get him out of Green Bay because like, I feel like Ted Thompson isn't going to fight too hard uh, to keep Eddie Lacy, in my opinion. So... Now I think about where would Eddie Lacy be a fit. And I've talked about this. Uh, it happened in 2007 with Randy Moss. It happened with uh, Chris Hogan last year. I can name a hundred other times where, and many, it, you don't have to be a Jets fan. You can be a, an AFC fan uh, where the Patriots make one move every offseason. And you think to yourself, fuck, that's a perfect <laughs> fit. And there's no way that guy's not going to be great. And I think Eddie Lacy on the New England Patriots next year makes a lot of sense. And LeGarrette Blunt had, I think, 18 touchdowns last year, which is excellent. Uh, but does, is anybody really scared of LeGarrette Blunt? Is he somebody you have to game plan around? Like, I could see them getting younger, uh, getting Lacey, who's a more dynamic version of Blunt, uh, and he plugs, he plugs in right there. And he also has double-digit touchdowns, only he does it in a way that makes their offense much better, whereas Blunt is kind of a between-the-tackles grinder. Hate the idea of it, but I could see it happen. It's not fun to me, Greg! I think it sounds fun, and he'd be the same age as LeGarrette Blunt was when he first arrived in New England. Greg, do you think that they are going to they'll prioritize on any level bringing Blunt back, or is he gone? He says he wants to go back to New England, but no, it depends what you mean by prioritize. I think they'll offer a num- they'll they'll have a number for him. It'd probably be like two years, five million dollars total, which is not much. And if he wants to go somewhere else, they'll because Lacey gives him. you the same thing, and he's younger. It, it they'll wait it sense. out. I don't anticipate. Well, I don't anticipate that they would make running back their first priority. So if Blunt wants to sign a contract in the first day or two, then he'll be elsewhere. 
This is like the Facebook movie. Dan thinks a million awesome. dollars cool. A billion dollars is cool. <laughs> you want to get the other fan bases in the AFC all hacked off? Oh no! Dropping f bombs. Forget Eddie Lacy. <gasps> Patriots are signing Adrian Peterson. Wow! <laughs> a fun free agent fit topped I don't in know. a big spot. Why I do know. I feel like Eddie God. Lacy would scare me more than uh, Adrian Peterson in 2017? I don't know. Eddie Lacy was even fatter by the end of last year than he was the year before. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Eddie Lacy would scare anybody right now, but Adrian Peterson, here's what the Patriots do when the rest of the league zigs, they zag. And they, Bill Belichick has said one of the reasons, they always draft late in the first round, so that what they have to do is become an outlier. And we've heard for the last three weeks that no general manager is going to pay Adrian Peterson this offseason. And I don't think they will. I think the Patriots can get him on a, on a one-year, $5 million deal or something like that. And we've seen this act before. That would lead to an F as well. Corey Dillon rushed for 1,700 yards almost when New England basically parachuted him out of Cincinnati in an awful Bengals organization, installed him as their lead back. And I know James White and Deion Lewis are going to play on passing downs, but LeGarrette Blunt rushed 300 times and had 18 touchdowns in a regular season. Mm. The Patriots don't want Tom Brady throwing as much now as he did three or four years ago where he carried the offense. They ran the ball almost 50% of the time last year. And if you're Peterson, what a way to go out because there aren't oh. that many more years. And I know that does not make Dan happy, but it's the Patriots can pay less for players because of what the other side of it is. Peterson and Lacey, I guess to a lesser extent, makes sense to me because the Patriots, what Belichick does well is he focuses on what you can do. He's not worried about what Peterson can't do. He's not going to. He's not worried about the passing downs for Peterson. He's not worried about how he's going to go out. Like, they've got people for that. It's the same thing with Blunt. Blunt's a yeah. limited player, but he does what he does well. He scored and I think, 18 touchdowns. How many could Peterson score? <laughs> right. L- Lacey and Peterson, you know, even more, are kind of like that. They're not a co- complete players, but they wouldn't need to be. Anyway. My, my counter to this is that the Patriots are smart, obviously. There's a reason why it's not just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the way they've b- built the team. Uh, and I, I have the feeling that Peterson is going to get overpaid by someone in this offseason, someone that will buy in, that has a lot of money to spend and will buy into this idea that he's still Adrian Peterson. And I don't think the Patriots are going to overpay to get Adrian Peterson in the building at age 32, and I think that's why he'll end up – I would even put a sandwich on that. My, um, I, I agree. My whole idea is based on the fact that the rest of the league, the other 31 teams, do not want to pay Adrian right. Peterson. Right. Who is going to pay him? I could see the the Bucks have been the one team. Because he mentioned the Bucks it's, too. Yeah, so. it's partly because he mentioned them, and actually if you go back – to the Giants too. He, he did mention the Giants too. If you go back and watch a video where Peterson is talking with his agent during his big standoff uh, uh, with the Vikings two years ago, his agent is wearing a Buccaneers hat, which <laughs> seemed like a very like transparent move. Like, hey, we can get some money from that. And I think he fits their offense well. I what? just think he fits what Dirk, Dirk Cutter would like. One of those beat writers in Tampa Bay said recently they did not expect Doug Martin to be cut. Hmm. Hmm. Finally, Mark Sessler. Give us something fun. All right, well, so it's all New England gets better by adding Adrian Peterson or Eddie Lacy or both and seven other players, and they go, right, how about this? We talk about the New York Jets, the team that everyone just presumes will just sit in the basement, <laughs> and you and we acknowledge they might be in a little bit of a rebuild. A little bit. Why not make this season totally bizarre and strange for the Jets fans? You, got, you cut Revis, you cut some other junk players on that team, you got some money to spend, you go out, none of these guys are going to break the bank at least most of them. Here's what you do. You sign Kenny Britt. Oh, my God. Kenny Stills. No. 
Ken Dillwright, <laughs> and then you sign Brandon Myers. Yeah. Brandon Marshall, you bring him back, whatever. He's, is he under contract? Yeah, you he bring is. him back. You <laughs> keep him on the roster. Wait. You get Brandon LaFell. You get Brandon Tate. And you take Brandon Bolden away from the Patriots. He's a free agent. And then you just line up your offense with Kenny's all over the field and Brandon's all <laughs> over the field. And the Patriots in week one are like, I got Kenny. Which Kenny? That Kenny. There's three Kennys. No one knows what's going on. There's I got Brandon. He's in the backfield. But there's four other Brandons spread wow. out in the formation. And the Jets have it's the K-Brand kids offense. You just send defenses into total hyper confusion. And you score at least two extra touchdowns a game by keeping the defense in absolute. They're commystified. I love it. The guy it. is drunk. <laughs> I they love don't cost it. you that much money. It's it's stupid and insane, but it would be potentially fun. And I there's Jets fans are not going to have a lot of fun next year unless we sign every Brandon and every Ken in the and business. And you don't need to like worry not a lot about of snaps left for Eric Decker and Quincy Anunua, but we'll work them in. <laughs> what if they change their name? Kenny Decker. I was surprised to see Brandon, Brandon, My- Brandon Myers so, so heavily <laughs> well, involved in I'll, this. I'll agree to this on one condition. That at week one halftime, Ring of Honor, Ken O'Brien. Oh, Ooh, I like there you that. go. See, with with Kenny Albert announcing the game. <laughs> All right. That was fun. I had fun there. I had fun. Ring of Honor, Ken O'Brien would be, you know, the most desperate desperate move since they gave Shane Graham a one-day contract in Cincinnati on Tuesday. Which was the mes- most desperate <laughs> move since the Jaguars gave Paul Spicer a one-day oh. contract. That's, that's the one-day contract Hall of Fame, Paul Spicer. Was that the one where they had the marching band in the in the room? Was No. no. <laughs> Wait, are you thinking of Jordan Gross? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Grossy. You got in trouble with Panthers fans on that one. Gross that blew gross that out. out. They blew that out. That was a gross out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finally, let's talk a little bit uh, – little Tony Romo talk. I mixed a cupcake and a brownie. I'm calling it a crownie. Uh, Tony Romo uh, is most likely going to be a free agent, in case you haven't heard, uh, but he could also be traded. So Chris Wessling took all the information he had at his fingertips, and uh, he looked back into the history of the NFL and also looked into the future. He went in all directions, <laughs> the time-space continuum, uh, to bring us a piece as I look for it in my papers. Headline, ranking the potential landing spots for Tony Romo. And, uh, Wes, uh, you brought up, a, uh, I thought, a really solid uh, comparison. Not that it's, it's exactly apples to apples, but after Brett Favre and the Packers had their breakup, uh, and Brett Favre and the Packers and Tony Romo and the Cowboys, both are completely synonymous with each other, and uh, it was not easy to get Brett Favre out of Green Bay, but they did it, but it was a messy ending to, to the end of his tenure, and maybe that happens with Romo too. There are some similarities. They're about the same age. Uh, people forget that if Brett Favre had not torn his biceps and played through that injury at the end of the year and basically sabotaged the Jets' season, yeah. they were a legitimate threat for the Super Bowl that year. Eight and three after beating the Patriots without Tom Brady out for the season with an ACL. Called my dad after the game. I said, Dad, this is it. We're going to do it. And then he had that secret biceps injury. that Which he played through, and he played terribly through it. I don't know if you give him credit for that, but... It, I thought it was a little selfish. They weren't going to... It's not like Kellen Clemens was going to take them what to mean the selfish? Line. It's up to them to bench him. It's not his fault. He wants to keep playing. Okay. Yeah. Brett, it, yeah, Brett Favre, he was a, a team <laughs> first guy all the way in his career. I, the comparison I, I, I made you up for that. was because there was a lot of back-channel maneuvering 
Brett Favre wanted to go to the Vikings. The Packers wouldn't let him. So he said, I want to go to the Lions. They're not going to compete with you atop the AFC North or NFC North. Packers wouldn't let him go there. It was either the Jets or the Bucks. Favre wanted to go to the Bucks. The Packers said, no. We like the Jets package better. Bus Cook, Favre's agent, called Mike Tannenbaum, who was the Jets general manager at the time, said, you're making a big mistake. This wasn't smart at all. Favre's not coming to New York. And to Tannenbaum's credit, he went through with it anyway and, and forced the trade mm-hmm. to happen. I'm not saying the relationship between Romo and the Cowboys are that contentious, but if you're looking for a reason why a trade would happen instead of a release – all of these last-minute surprises or back-channel maneuvering between agents and teams, who knows what could happen between now and March 9th. The, I, I agree, and yet I don't see the team that's going to – like it basically would be – all the teams sort of have to call the Cowboys bluff and just wait for them to release them. And I don't see the team that's going to jump off of that, well, that and be like, actually, we will give you that a would be the comparison pick. that no one saw the Jets as yeah. a team that was going for far. Yeah. They had Pennington at the time. The Chiefs are the team to me, I think, that make the most sense to just come out of nowhere as a surprise. But you know, you, you got to make sure you close that deal and you get rid of Alex. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. So looking at Wes's list, you had let's start there, number three, right in the middle of the list here. You have uh, the Chiefs as so. Would this be that would make them the third most likely destination? Is that the way to look at this? Um, where the Chiefs, who have Alex Smith in the building, everything we're hearing, Wes, about uh, the Chiefs is that they're they're comfortable with Alex Smith. They still think he's the guy, but still, this is a special situation. Something isn't adding up, and it's maybe it's Andy Reid's uh, history of bold-faced lying when it comes to quarterbacks, to go in front of press conference and say, McNabb's my guy, and then go with Vic, or to say, Cobb's my guy, and go with Vic, or to say this, and then trade guys. Andy Reid has lied consistently about his quarterback situation. White lies. And he has come out and said, there is no question Alex Smith is my starting quarterback. He has doubled down on that. It's true right now. And John Dorsey has come out and said, Alex Smith is our starter. But every single NFL insider is lining up to put Romo and the Chiefs as a marriage that could happen. And I think most of it probably is coming from Romo's list that is circulating, that the Texans, Broncos, and Chiefs, and the Cardinals were on his list. Those four teams have always been on his list, according to the insiders. I just don't see the Chiefs as a serious – you're going to – four years into Andy Reid's offense, Alex Smith has. I think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are the only quarterbacks with more wins since 2011. No matter if if Smith's ceiling is limited or not, you're going to – risk alienating him or cutting him altogether to bring in a guy who's one hit from retirement. I, I just don't see that adding up. You said the right word, risk. Of all the teams on this list, it's the Chiefs that would take a tremendous risk by doing this. And then, of course, Alex Smith gets dispatched somewhere else. And three weeks into the season, you're potentially out with it. We can't predict injuries. But Romo has done this time and time again. And it would look awful for that organization to di- to get rid of Smith, have Romo come in and get hurt in August or some practice, and suddenly you've got nothing. That's I mean, you can say that for any team that brings in Romo, but they wouldn't have the logical. Not the Bears. Right, but they, they or would. Or the Texans. Right. They wouldn't have. I'm saying Not Romo the, is a massive injury risk for any team. That's I'm all just I saying, mean. The risk you, is you, getting you, rid of a guy who's. That's who's what I mean. Right. Giving right. you the best record in the NFL since week seven of 2015. The Chiefs have the best record in the NFL with Alex Smith as their quarterback. Number. Right. But we're playing both sides of the fence a little because we always knock them for not having to sit. The ri- We're not if, playing if, both sides of the fence. We're saying in this situation, Romo's too big of a risk. 
I like the idea of trying to upgrade on Alex Smith, but a guy who's one hit away from retirement isn't the upgrade. All right, let's move to number two on Wes's list, and this is this is the team you've heard Romo connected to the most, and really going back to last year when Dak Prescott was locked in as the starter, the Denver Broncos, uh, because we know that they have history with this type of situation, an older quarterback, uh, and Peyton Manning in the case of a 2015 season, uh, being a part of a loaded defense, team with a loaded defense, and taking them to the promised land. This one checks a lot of boxes, Mark. Why wouldn't it happen? I think because it doesn't have to with Denver. You've... People that watch Trevor Simeon versus just the name Trevor Simeon like his game and see there's a reason to stick around there with him. And you've got Paxton Lynch, who's a first-round quarterback, waiting in the wings. You don't have to chase Romo or a veteran in general the way that they semi-courted Colin Kaepernick last year when there was literally nothing at the position. Well, here's my counter to that is that you know Romo – if he's healthy, would be a huge lift to that offense. Where Simeon, a guy that showed some promise, and Lynch, who's a total uh, mystery at this point, every team has Super Bowl windows that are only so so large. They have a big window right now to go into. I think it makes sense. It's just that's why it wouldn't happen and, because it doesn't have to. But yeah, if you want to plug Romo into that, what that still ha- would still have on defense, and it's also and it's also a different offense. So it's Trevor Simeon in a different offense. It's Paxton Lynch learning a new offense. You know, I don't know if Tony Romo, if they think he's a great fit for that or not. I think it makes a lot of sense. They they would be number one on my list, partly because they don't need him, because they don't have to do it quickly, that they can wait this thing out. It might take a little bit of time, and they don't have a lot of money at quarterback. And that's the difference between them and Houston, uh, which you have number one. They just don't, you know, they're not already paying paying a quarterback. It's nice for them that they're fine as they are, and they could easily fit Romo in there, I think, if they needed to. And if it dragged on for a while, whether it's a trade or release and everything, we know he wants to go there. I think everyone's trying to figure out why John Elway isn't gung-ho about Tony Romo. And I think John Elway watched his offensive line last year. That's, That's a true. recipe for disaster, putting Tony Romo behind that offensive line. And I, th- I honestly think John Elway – he likes not having to pay a quarterback. He's built his roster now where he pays his defense instead of his quarterback. It's, it's a good point because Tony Romo could, I don't know. He was not, ready to pay Brock $16 million. I think you'll pay him if you get Tony, the right guy. Tony Romo could not stay healthy behind the best offensive line in the league, and then you would put him in what, maybe a bottom 10, uh, bottom 15 it was offensive a bottom line. five offensive line last year. See, to see what happens. And, you know, I think the Houston Texans, yeah, you have them at number one here, Wes. And – and they, they, if you want to make the analogy with um, with the Brett Favre situation, they're the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. Because Jared Jones does not want Tony Romo to stay in Texas and go to – now the I Texans, think that's a little overplayed. I, see, I don't – I think He'd Jerry much Jones, rather have Brock Os- or Tony Romo in Houston than in the NFC. I don't know. I don't know with Jared. That's the Jarrah one, that's the one organization Texas. and the one owner where I wonder if that's true. I mean, I he doesn't want them sitting in the – he doesn't want to go to the NFC East or a team that's truly a competitor. I get that. The but Texans the idea, aren't even like Dallas's competition. No, but they, they would the Cowboys be, they are would in a be, whole different league than the they, Texans but they, as far as Texas fandom They is would concerned. be inside of Texas if Romo suddenly went – that's a huge storyline. If Tony Romo and their Jerry Jones would be happy play. for Tony Romo. Oh, I think Jerry Jones behind closed I doors think Jerry would be furious. Jones really likes Tony Romo, and I really think he doesn't want him in the NFC. It, I, I I don't know if it's the the Houston thing, but it's also when you hear these reports, like it would be a quick commute and it'd be great for Tony Romo. Like 
Yeah, that's great for Tony Romo. Tony Romo isn't necessarily choosing his destination. We know this is coming from Tony Romo. Does Bob McNair, who just gave, is literally paying Brock Osweiler $16 million in cash this year, no matter what, is he trusting the decision makers who just convinced, you know, were part of that decision to bring in Osweiler? Okay, go pay another 15 or 16. People are acting like fitting that all under the cap is easy. Okay, make it an incentive. No, I think you can, I think Tony Romo's made enough money where he's reached the point in his life where he's only playing for a championship. I, I've, I've. I think you can get him to to accept eight or nine million or whatever. There's been talk from from you know the insiders and whatnot that he wants a raise. He wants more money. I don't think he's taking a dot. I don't think he's. Well, this is the end discount. for Tony Romo. You, this is your last couple chances to make money. And that's it's also. Your la- I mean, you have to have a priority. What is your priority? Winning a championship or make money? I think if it's make money, then. Then you can't take the position that you right. don't want to play for the Bears or Bills or rebuilding team. Right. The counter that is, Jerry he probably Jones thinks he is. could do both. He probably thinks he can make money and pick a contender or get to. A and contender. maybe we have no idea. We, we're obviously just guessing. I don't know how Bob McNair and Rick Smith, but especially Bob McNair, feels about that. It's just an extraordinary example that you can't find really another that ever happening in NFL history that they're paying two guys at the exact same position top-level money. We just well, I, I don't expect them to pay Romo top-level money. I, I, he's not – He's making – if he's starting, he's making $15 million he if is he not, plays all 16 games. Even if he minimum. doesn't change his salary, he's one of the lowest-paid starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I, and also, you haven't seen this in history because the NFL salary cap has never been $168 million. They, they're a little tighter to the cap than – that's one advantage Denver and I guess – you know, Buffalo and other teams have is, is the Texans are a little tighter to the cap, even even despite, you know, even if you ignore that Osweiler's getting all that money. By the way, Dan, it was only about 82 days ago that Greg released his Tony Romo's post-Cowboys landing spots. Now Wes has one in the books. Mm. That means if this drags I on, like you, you and I, <laughs> you and I will be next. One uh, of us will be writing the next version of gonna, this. It's going to be happy, happening. And it is, speaking of Tony Romo, Mark, you said all the things you were excited about to cover this offseason, and you, you pointed out that Tony Romo, you were not excited, I think was the wording that was written. So this segment has probably been pretty tough on you. No, I think this was handled with class, um, and I think t- I'll tell you what else. If, they, if he goes to a team that makes a boring team exciting, that's good for everyone. I don't want it to be this. There's ways it could be very tedious. The way they covered Tony Romo breathlessly from the sideline during every Cowboys game last season, (laughs) that's what tired me out. I'm over that as well. Uh, Yeah, and uh, Wes, you can check out Wes's uh, piece at NFL.com slash Wesling if you want to see the whole list. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Wes, uh, that we haven't touched on before we go? Despite Greg's efforts to the contrary, I'm kind of <laughs> I love I love that qualifier. Uh, Go. <laughs> I'm kind of excited about the state of quarterback play in the NFL. You know, Greg's trying to get Nick Foles and Mike Glennon jobs. I'm trying to get Tony Romo and Jimmy Garoppolo jobs after they didn't. Oh, start really? Playing. Out on a limb? Of course they're having no jobs. <laughs> no one. No, the point is. Hate to see this, Mark. You take those two, and then you throw in Jay Cutler, who's one of the top 30 quarterbacks in the NFL. Three yeah. guys who didn't start last year. You throw them onto new teams. 30. Maybe we'll see. He's 25 in your piece. He dropped five spots. Cutler? Cutler? Yeah, I can't I can't <laughs> wow. stomach him in the top 25. He dropped oh, five no. spots since. What's today? Today's the 21st. You wrote this on the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> He's dropped. Where will he be a month from now? I, I I'll be in the ground. Like, Tyrod, too. Tyrod could be changed. I mean, he, you're not adding him to the mix, but I think he could be changing. I still think the Bills have a deep 
have a better chance than people think for Romo. I still that, think that would the be Bills. so I put their chances at 0.0. You, it's you a well, at, then the Jets are truly in the netherworld. So no. you think only three teams even have a chance? Because you, I don't them think fourth. Romo's going anywhere where you're not a contender, and I don't think the Bills are close to being a contender. I I hate the idea of watching Tony Romo on a cold. Uh, early October day in Western New York, lying on the turf, writhing for a two and six Bills team. It ju- I just, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're Tony Romo. You've got uh, like writhing Tony Romo has been his like yeah. number one I, move the last. You two got years. one or two years left in the NFL, and you're gonna purposely go to the Patriots division? No, my 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 thought is we don't. There's many different pro- possibilities here. I don't you think one of them is that. Tony Romo doesn't really have many options I don't that he that. has to choose between bad options. No, because I think that retirement problems. is a much preferable Maybe. option. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that, that gives him sense. a trump card. Um, do you you never go full Rex, which is you have the choice to get out of Tom Brady's division and you stay in. Uh, you well, don't, that's you. You don't go. You don't go. All right, before we go, let's check behind the glass and check in with Kevin Danger Hansis, and we've been speculating where will Tony Romo end up. But now Kevin Hansis behind the glass will give us the definitive answer where Romo will play football, if at all, in 2017. Let's get a little uh, timpani drum here. Kevin in 2017. Danger. There you go. Tony Romo will play. Wait, hold. For the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. <laughs> wow. I love it. Whoa. That is a shocker. That makes that is fascinating. Wow. How about that? Talk about the team. Put us over the top. 100% Tony sure. Romo. Danger, you're 100% sure of this. With great confidence, I can say. <laughs> once again. Why, everyone's going to think you actually talk like that. That's fine. <laughs> no, I can say with uh, 100% confidence that Tony Romo will play for mm. the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, I'm looking wow. forward to you that. You want to put a sandwich on that? I'm going to put a sandwich on that. Okay. I'm What's looking it like to live in a world where there are no repercussions? <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, the Romo Dalton Bengals Browns matchup this year. That'll be good. Oh, Dalton starting for the Browns? Oh, yeah, of course. He was going to sure, bring him a, over. Why there's not? There's a little trickle down effect. Absolutely. Wow. There you go. All right. That was quite a bold prediction that actually would be fascinating and make sense. And if he gets it right, None of us in this room ever write a landing spots column ever again. We just sent it right to danger. No, we just set up a studio in Kevin's Brooklyn apartment, and he does the show from now on. I love that Mark has found logic in danger's prediction. <laughs> I think it's, it's Why not? Talk about a team that needs. Why not? They could, they could say we get Tony Romo. It puts this Bengals team that's always on the fringe right over the top. How about, and Andy Dalton is such a nice guy. He won't pout about it. I say you keep him there as your backup. Romo's there. Let's say Romo stays healthy. You're flying. You're flying to the Super Bowl in Minneapolis. And if he, if he doesn't stay healthy, you got old, uh, they got the glowing ginger man coming off the bench and you still, you'll lose a playoff game in January, but you still have a nice season. So we're talking ourselves into this. Wow. Hey. They well, do Kevin, have, they Kevin's do have, with a lot of confidence. Hey, let's not point out that, you know, Tony Romo's, Barely been able to stay on the field for two straight well, years. While Andy Dalton's been God a top ten quarterback, that he lands somewhere that no one in predicted around here. Well, it's they very possible. Have, they do have a lot of cap room, and they have an owner who's been known to do some unusual things. Danger had a premonition, and uh, we'll see if it we'll see if it plays out. All right, that's uh, Tuesday show. We'll be back on Thursday uh, with another all new edition of the Around the NFL podcast. And again, check us out. We'll be on NFL uh, Network on Wednesday. 
and no, on Thursday. On Thursday, excuse me, and Friday as well, correct? So uh, up to the minute, live, set your DVRs. Thank you to everyone for listening. That's it. Signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, a new money behind the glass. It's the old Zeuser. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.